Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I am Greg. With me again this week is my good friend John. How are you doing today, John? I am great. How are you? I'm doing excellent, man. I'm, I'm doing excellent. We, uh, I was off today, so that's nice. You know, nice little stressless day. Uh, drove all the way out to New London. There's a game store out there that had something I needed, so I had to zip out there and... Uh, uh, something for your collection or something for the store? Something for my collection. Um, so I have a, I, I bought that complete in box Ninja Gaiden three for NES, but it actually didn't technically have the booklet. Okay. He, he got in a loose, they got in a loose cart with the manual there. So I just bought, bought it together and I'll just sell the cart at my store. But oh, okay. I just needed that booklet. It was in super good shape. So instead of trying to find a booklet by itself <laughs> on the internet, I'm like, that eh, nope, not doing it. Just, uh, just go buy this bundle and sell the loose because because he actually had a really good deal on it. Like he was selling it for about the price of the loose card anyway, so I'm okay. gonna pretty much break even on it, which is which is pretty cool. Nice. Um, so I heard I called your store today. Oh yeah, because uh, oh, yeah. I was gonna ask you about the podcast topics and whatnot. And uh, Dom told me that you you let loose something from your personal collection that is sitting at the store right now. I let you loose. pulled the bandaid off and got rid of something. <laughs> a, a few things. <laughs> yes. Um, how many? How many things in total was uh, it? If I had to guess, it was probably a hundred and fifty, a hundred maybe, hundred and forty, something like that. So I sold my entire amiibo collection at the store. If you follow the store on Facebook, you saw the post today. Those were all mine. They were just sitting here, man. And actually, if if you watch this on YouTube, you can see behind me now. The wall actually has some white space behind it. Because I don't have the amiibo on the wall anymore, so I had, I had essentially run out of room, and I had, I had just zero care for them. I, you know, I wasn't interested at all in having them. And when I sell yeah. them, there's not a part of me that was like, oh man, I'm having a hard time selling this. You know, and a lot of the times I buy stuff as a prospector, I think, and I buy it, and I'm like, this is really cool. I hope, it, and it's worth money, so it's cool. And then it goes up in value, and then I realize I'm just sitting on it. I'm like, well, I might as well just sell it. I guess that happens a lot to me yeah but to me did you did you keep any from the amiibo collection and were you were you up to date to the amiibo as of like yesterday before you decided to get rid of them or were there some that you actually skipped uh i i'm pretty sure i was up to date until and whatever the last round was i had like i had joker and i had I forget. I can't remember if I bought the last set or if I had just not gotten the newest set because some some pre orders had already come out and I didn't get them. So okay. Um, and did you keep any? The only ones I kept were the Solid Snake Amiibo and okay. Solaire from Dark Souls. Okay. Uh, Dom said you kept. Did you have the Monster Hunter ones? Yeah. So I, I do, and I actually I did keep those. Um, the the Monster Hunter ones, uh, I know are going to go up in value once Stories Two comes out. So I'm just kind of. Do you think they're going to release those Amiibo in the U.S. finally? Because those never came to the U.S., did they? No, they never came out here. And I don't know. That's a good question. That would really suck if they did re-release them. Because <laughs> <laughs> then I waited for nothing. Um, no, I don't think they will. But I could see them re-release, like making new ones and then making the old mm-hmm. ones harder to get. But I don't know. Or making the older ones more sought after, I should say. But I don't know. Hard to say. Um, I'm trying to think what what else. Um, yeah, but that was that was pretty cool. I mean, sell, selling that off like I felt nothing for it. 
I don't I don't miss it at all. So every now and then <laughs> I do. That. I've been I actually purged a lot of things from my collection last week too. I brought in like my Super Famicom Mini, my Famicom Mini, my uh I think I brought in the European Turbo Graphics. I kept okay. I kept the US one and I kept the Japanese one cuz I think the Japanese one comes with the turbo controller, I think. Uh the Euro one comes with the turbo controller. Okay. The Japanese okay. one doesn't. Then that's the one I kept. I kept the one with the turbo okay. controller. That's the one I bought because I wanted the turbo controller. Nice. Yeah, and all and the game list is the same, so it doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't really matter, but um, yeah. Uh, so we have a of a couple stories to talk about today. Um, the first one revolves around GameStop, but before you collectively groan, GameStop's in the news and they didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> they didn't do anything wrong. No, GameStop did not do anything wrong and we're not even here to criticize them. They're actually part of, they're getting wrapped up in a very odd situation involving the stock market right now. And again, yes. nothing bad. They didn't, they didn't screw anything up. This is just the markets going wild and, and the stock that the people chose <laughs> just happened to be GameStop. So we're talking GameStop, but more so we're going to be talking the stock market and we're going to be talking about like why, why it's worth so much money and how it, multiplied times 10 in the span of like three weeks (laughs) so which is unheard of uh and then we're going to talk about the the back and forth about xbox live and the price change so late late last week on friday night actually if i remember correctly uh microsoft came out and said hey just so you know we're raising the price of xbox live and i thought wow that's a terrible move that's really stupid i don't know why you're doing that and then we made fun of them for it. And then the next morning, or they had released it Friday morning, and by that evening, they had already pulled it back. <laughs> they had already said, "Hey, yeah. we made a mistake. We're sorry. We listened to the. We've listened to you." And you know, so we're gonna we're gonna cover that. That that's that's kind of a wild ride, and uh, has has a few parts to that, and as to why they did that, but also kind of why they were making the change to begin with. Like who, who authorized that? And when you look at what we're going to go through like their initial announcement and there's some really weird things that they decided to do when they said they were upping the price so there was a whole lot of weird stuff about that and then and then they did it collectively the internet shat on them and then they reversed (laughs) it (laughs) so it was was excellent um but before we do that john what have you been playing lately what what's been keeping your attention what games are are in the system right now um, I picked up Hitman, uh, three for Xbox one and I've played a total of eh, probably like three or four hours of it. And I've attempted to install it for about seven hours. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it was a good time. Uh, <laughs> So, um, so you got it installed after seven hours of trying. Yes. So, uh, so the Hitman Three allows you to import the levels of Hitman One and Hitman Two into the game, but it is an incredibly convoluted process. So, the first thing I did was I was like, "All right." So, I grabbed Hitman One. Installed the game. Updated it. Grabbed Hitman 2. Installed it. Updated it. Um, I 
I went to the FAQ that talked about like what you need to do. So it tells you that you need the season pass for Hitman 2 and that you need the game of the year edition of Hitman 1, uh, which on disc, so I have all of these games on disc. Um, the game of the year edition of Hitman 1 was released on disc, but then there's also the original release from Square Enix is called Hitman Complete First Season. So mine is that version, and so I needed to upgrade it to the Game of the Year edition, which I did. Did you have to pay to do that? Yes. Oh, um, oh lord! Because there's extra content, and then <laughs> you also need to have the bonus mission installed that was included as a DLC code inside of the box for either version of the game. Um, and so I had all that, and so I had I installed everything. So once you install everything from Hitman 1, you then have to boot the disc for Hitman 2. And then it will you go into the Hitman store and then it should allow you to buy a it should be free, but you're supposed to be able to buy what's called a legacy uh pack, the Hitman Game of the Year edition legacy pack. Similar to so like when, when I, you'd go to the Rock Band store yeah. Or something to get music from the old games or like the, the, the license to transfer or whatever, yeah. Yeah, so when I went there, it kept saying that that, that thing cost 30 bucks. So I was like, what the hell? And so I kept trying it and like I kept pulling the discs, each disc out like putting in the next one and being like, <laughs> alright did this change anything? Did this change anything? Um, so I finally got everything or one didn't work, um, so I I moved on to two, and I installed two, installed the season pass, and then I fired up three. Now Hitman Two showed up on my Hitman Three game. I, I can play the campaign for Hitman Two in Hitman Three, but I still could not get Hitman One to show up, hmm. and so I was like, "What the hell is going on?" Because according to the FAQ. I have done everything correctly. And so I went... At, in order to import Hitman 1, you can't go... You can't import straight from Hitman 1 to 3. You have to have that second game, and you have to do the importation through the second game. Like, Hitman 1 needs to appear as playable levels in Hitman 2 before you can get them to work in Hitman 3. So... After tinkering around with that, what I realized that that was stopping me was that I went into the uh, the Manage Game tab on Xbox, and then I had to look at all of the look at the installation, and I'm I'm scrolling through all the DLC, and everything has a check mark saying that it's all installed, and all the way at the bottom was two pieces of content that were not installed for some reason, even though I went through all this crap for hours. And so I scrolled all the way down, I clicked those two boxes, it downloaded like eight gigs and completed installing them. Then I went into Hitman 2, and then that that pack that used to say it was 30 bucks now said it's free. <laughs> okay. And then in Hitman 3, there's a pack that was saying it was $99. And now that said that I owned it and that it was free. And so I, I had to click on and download or well, purchase each of those things. And then it finalized it. And then it let me play the game. So 
I'm stubborn, and so, like, when I want to play a game, like, yeah, I have my mindset on it, and I don't want to do anything until I accomplish that task. Mm-hmm. And so, rather than, like, tinkering with it while I'm playing something or watching a movie or something, I just basically stared at my Xbox installation screen for, like, seven hours, being like, God damn you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But but I did finally get it all installed, and the game is great. I am not great at it, um, but it's it's pretty damn cool. Looks it does look great on the Xbox Series X. Um, all of the levels get a uh, basically they're running in the Hitman Three game engine, so everything looks phenomenal, and the game is really good so far. Although I'm only playing Hitman One because <laughs> I'm I'm going through them because uh, I never played any of them. Uh, back when they came out, so I'm starting with the first game and mar- working my way through it. Hmm. But yeah, I you mentioned that, so you got a a new console. Um, I'm sorry if I'm spoiling your uh, crap. I bought <laughs> no, later. No, you're fine. I haven't I haven't received it yet. So but oh, okay. I did. I took the plunge and I bought an Xbox Series X. So yeah. So, so you mentioned that you were you were going to have to do that installation. Uh, for yourself, are you going to play Hitman on the Xbox? Well, maybe. We'll see. Pro- probably. Do you own any of the Hitman games yet? Um. Well, I used to. I so I played the first one on PC, and I had think okay. I had the second one on PS2 or something, and I thought they were okay. And I I don't know, and I know that they've changed a lot over the years, but I just could never get back into them. I, I never saw the appeal. I mean, like I get. I I mean, I do see the appeal. Like it just never translates into fun when I play the game. So. Yeah. Um, also, just to clarify, I thought earlier when you were talking about that, that you were talking about how to mod the Xbox Series X and get into developer no. mode, not how to do the Hitman levels. So there was a little bit of miscommunication there because I thought that's what you were saying. And that's why I was like, yeah, I need you to help me with that, which would also explain why you were so surprised when you said when you heard me say that. Um, but, yeah, so that was a little bit of miscommunication there. That's I thought I thought you were saying you want to do like a little tutorial video on how to set up the dev mode in the Xbox. No, because I think there's probably plenty of that. Actually, the, so the, the dev mode on the Xbox. um, So for people that may not know the, uh, some modders have figured out how to get RetroArch and other programs uh, like FTP file sharing programs onto the Xbox series X. And I did that, uh, probably about a month ago, um, I I signed up, I joined a Discord server, um, and the the guy that created the program was whitelisting people's email addresses. And uh, what that means is that normally, if you, so the way that you get those programs onto your Xbox is you go to the Xbox browser, uh, you go to a, a website that they sit on, and you click on each link, and then it will bring you to a store page that looks just like the store page on the Xbox One if you were to download, like, Call of Duty or something, um, but it's for whatever that program is. So if you're whitelisted, when you click on those links, it will properly bring up that that store page. If you're not whitelisted, they will not work. Correct. And Correct. so the, the guy that was doing it, he was whitelisting people's email addresses for a time, like it was like a month or two that he was basically saying, uh, submit your email address to this 
web f or this uh, form, uh, almost like a like survey type form, and you'll be whitelisted. And so I submitted my my name like a while ago, got whitelisted, so I can receive all of the programs that he's adding to this service for free. But I don't. He's not whitelisting any more people, um, at least for free. So if you want to be whitelisted, I think it's now some sort of charge mm. or he's charging for the program. I don't think it's probably much, but you probably do have to, to pay in order to get whitelisted at this point. Mm. Well, that sucks. <laughs> yes. So no, I, I it. it's fine. Yeah. So I have the programs on my computer or on my, my Xbox, but I don't have a computer that I can download ROMs, uh, have ROMs sent over to the Xbox mm. with, uh, cause my computer, Bride like six months ago and so i'm able to just do stuff like uh they ported the uh another metroid 2 remake or a m2r they just straight ported it to the xbox so you can you can turn on my xbox series x uh and a2mr or am2r shows up as a game on my xbox that you can just play i need that um it is <laughs> it is glitchy, unfortunately. Like for some reason, whenever I pause that game, it like hard locks up the game. It doesn't hard up lock up the console, so you can bail out of it. Um, but for some reason, you pause it and it screws up the game. So mm. yeah, that's not great. They, <laughs> yeah, they do seem like they're patching things though, and they're adding, um, they're adding support for games and stuff. Um, so the Discord is kind of interesting, but it's also super annoying because there's like. 7,000 people on it all talking. Mm. Uh, so it's, I'm like constant. I was for a good week or two, I was constantly getting notifications in like Portuguese. It's like, I don't care. Stop talking to me. Yeah. You got to mute um, that server right away. Like any servers I yeah, join I, for any marketing or anything like that, I just mute them right away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, it's interesting. Um, like there's a, there, there's a Tomb Raider uh, program like where that if you have, a uh, ROM for like PS1 Tomb Raider, you can you can import it into this Tomb Raider program, and it will run the whole thing uh, separate from RetroArch. Like they, for some reason, there's an open source Tomb Raider um, program, which is very weird to me. Nice. Oh, um, dude, dude, the ha the hackers, the hacker, and like the the modders uh, world out there is wild. the The way they get these things to work sometimes is just mind boggling to me. Yeah, well, and there is, so, so there's two, there's a different way that you can get the program I'm talking about. So you can port your system into developer mode, which costs, I think, 20 bucks or something like that. You have to pay Microsoft to allow you to have access to developer mode. Mm -hmm. And in developer mode, you can find those programs on the store page, but there's a disadvantage in that when you're running Xbox Series X in developer mode, it can only use like one or two gigs of the RAM uh, of the console. So when it's in retail mode, RetroArch would have full access to all of the available RAM and processing power of the console. But in developer mode, it doesn't. And so that's why... And then also you have to pay for to port it to developer mode. So 
it also becomes annoying because if your if your console is in developer mode, you can't play regular programs. You have to you have to switch back and forth between the two modes. Right, right. Yeah. So right, yeah. so being able to download it through the actual Microsoft uh, retail console side of the of the um, the store is very advantageous, which is why you want to have your system whitelisted instead of just porting it into developer mode. Interesting. Yep. I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to attack it, you know, and the only reason I yeah, bought no. the, the series X was because uh target had them come in stock and I forgot I'd had like a hundred dollar return credit or something from some item I bought that I needed to return. So I had that on my account and then I had like a 25 or $15 red card, something like discount. So I just applied all mm-hmm. of that and was like, fine, just get it. Just buy the stupid thing. Um, so I, I held out for two months <laughs> without getting that's a new impressive. console. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> you know, it's funny, though. We had someone sell us a Series S in the store about a week ago. Okay. Did that stick around for longer? No, it was gone instantly. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, as soon as it was available for sale, it was uh, it was out of here. So Nice. Um, all right, so I'm going to queue up this first one, John. We're going to talk about this GameStop story, stock story first. Then we're going to go into the Xbox Live thing, but I want to I want to queue it up. So I'm going to pause for a second, and I'm going to do my thing, and we're going to go. You ready? Yep. All right, let's hit it. And like I said earlier on the podcast stage, John, the first thing I want to talk about, the first story, is kind of a doozy, and there's a lot of information here. So stick with me. And to be totally fair, I'm just I learned a lot of this stuff just today and yesterday. So... I'm not an expert on this by any stretch, but I think I can help get us through it. Uh, So it's not really a GameStop story. It's certainly not a GameStop bashing story. In fact, GameStop didn't even do anything wrong, which is not (laughs) normally what is happening when we talk about GameStop. In fact, fact, GameStop didn't do anything in this story except exist. And its other factors outside the market are... uh, Arguably, they're manipulating the stock price, not necessarily in a negative way, but there's stock manipulation going on, and the stock price has gone mental. So if you look here, the stock closed at $147.98 a share. In Is that after, today? That's today. And after hours trading, okay. it cl- it's at $209.26. So Holy shit. It's, it's never, ever <laughs> been this high. It's this, this puts GameStop being worth more than $10 billion, which it's never been worth. Which, for the record, right now, I believe, because I looked at the stock earlier, um, Walmart was trading for like $164. Yes. So GameStop is trending to be a more valuable stock than Walmart, and, and who another, owns half the planet. Yeah, and another thing to think <laughs> about is that GameStop was the most traded asset today. So it, it was out it out traded Tesla. It out traded <laughs> like it, it's it's bonkers. But obviously there's a reason for it. So I'm gonna try to walk through the entire story. I'm gonna I'm gonna Real set quick, it up I'm gonna say, before you start. When did you first hear about this? It was last week I had sent you a link, wasn't it? Like late last week okay. or something. We we had kind of seen that the the stock price was soaring and I think it had gotten up to I think at that point it was at like 50 or 60 or something looking at it like that and just being like totally confused by the whole thing. Yeah. So like I first saw it last week, like I, I have read it on my phone and I look at it quite often and I don't have 
the subreddit Wall Street Bets in my like favorites feed. You're not so subs- like, you're not joined. You're not part of it. Yeah, you I'm don't not have, subscribed, not subscribed to, to Wall Street Bets. And so like I'm scrolling through my feed and like posts from Wall Street Bets are showing up. I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, why is this showing up? Because because like one of the threads said like, do you dare me to do it? I'm gonna do it. And like I'm like, do what? What the hell is this? So I click on it. And, like, I have to scroll through, and, like, like further down in the thread, like, one guy's like, holy shit, look at him do it. And it's a screenshot of their, of their uh, trading portfolio program, and the guy had dumped $36,000 mm-hmm. into GameStop stock. Yep. And I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and then, like, the, like, the other, there were tons of other threads like all about this and i was just like what what the hell and so then i looked at the stock price and the stock price was at like forty dollars when i looked at it and then when i looked at it the next day which my my friend kevin texted me he's like he's like if you own any stock in gamestop dump it now (laughs) which for the record kevin would have been very wrong (laughs) yeah at that time uh, yes. Because yeah. yeah, the next morning it went up to eighty dollars, and it was just like, what the hell? And then so Joe, uh, that used to run the Iron Mountain GameStop, he's like, he texted me, he's like, what the fuck is going on with the GameStop stock? <laughs> and like he's showing me, like, uh, like he sent me a uh, screenshot of the stock market showing the massive increase in its stock, and so it, it's just like, it's crazy how fast and nuts it's gotten in the last week because when i looked at it it was at 40 dollars. yes and you said it's prospectively going to be trading at 209 dollars in after hours trading yeah when the market opens tomorrow morning my guess is that it's going to be around 150 or 160 and then it's going to climb more tomorrow i believe Jesus. Um, but but, so, but yeah. so let's get into it. <laughs> so let's get into it. Let's let's start with the why. Okay. So or let let's go with a little bit of history, I guess. And again, uh, anything that's not correct, tell me down in the comments. I I always want to be accurate and spread accurate information. Um, but I'm going to tell you it as I understand it, uh, and in the simplest of terms as I can explain it. So, uh, the first thing you have to understand is there's a term in stocks called short selling. And what short selling is, is essentially you borrow, say I borrow stocks from a broker. I borrow them and I say something like, I'm going to, I'm going to give these stocks back to you next week. And the user, there's a little bit of interest on there, which is why, which is why a broker would lend you, right? Because they're like, oh yeah, they'll make a little bit of money off it. And it's pretty safe. They just give you stock for a week or two and they get it back. Um, Now, the reason that someone would do that is because they borrow the stock, they sell it instantly. And then they're banking on the fact that that stock's going to go down in price. So because they don't have to, because essentially when, when the, when the time is due for them to give those stocks back, they can buy them at whatever price they're at. And if the price is lower, they get to keep the difference between the price that they sold them at initially and the price that they bought them for now. So it's called short selling and and it's um, legal. (laughs) Sometimes when you, when you hear some of these stories, you wonder why it is. Um, but basically that's what it is. And, and so these people that short sell, they're banking on a stock tanking because what they want to do is they want to, they want to sell the stock when they get it for free at $10 a share. And if it goes down to a buck, 
they buy it back for that dollar, they give it back, and then they made $9 per share, right? That's just kind of the idea behind it. So in short selling, you're, you're kind of hoping that a company sucks and that their stock goes down because that's how you're going to make money. So over uh, during last year, this has actually been quite, quite a long time in the making. During last year, when we saw GameStop go as low as $3, which I want to say was like last April or something, it was like and they, f- they were they were at risk of getting delisted from the stock exchange yeah. at one point. Yes, they were super low. And uh, now naturally when a stock gets that low, now there were a few people that were smart and said, hey, there's new consoles coming out this year. The stock's going to bounce back. I'll buy some when it's cheap and sell when it gets a little less cheap. Um, uh, um, the limited run uh, Josh did that. Um, yes. And he sold his shares at $11 a share. Hey, and you know what? He tripled up. I mean, like, yes, arguably, if he kept it now, he could have, I don't know, 100 ended up. <laughs> he could have opted 100 times instead of just three times. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of like when you when you do this, it's kind of like when you're gambling at the casino, you got no one to go home. You know, right? Yep. What does Kenny Rogers say? You got no one to hold him. Got no one to fold him. And so over the last year, though, there was a lot of short selling going on with GameStop because Ultimately, the stock is not doing well. It's never really done well. Um, when I sold my stock options in 2011 for GameStop, it, it was it was sitting around 20, 25. And right before I sold mine, it had like this weird jump where it jumped to like 35. I sold all mine and then I, I made a couple thousand bucks, which went towards, you know, keeping me up when I was doing game trade. And so... Mm-hmm. It, it just worked out really well. So that was a long time ago. But GameStop stock has always been meh. You know, I don't, there's, there's never, and, and in, over the years as they've been diminishing, you know, nobody's going all in on GameStop. And so these short, these short sellers were like, well, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll do a bunch of GameStop short selling. And they had been doing it a lot last year. And so arguably they were keeping the stock very low for a longer period of time, more so than the typical short seller would do. Sometimes a short seller will move into a stock. They see an example. They'll they'll do some of the short selling and then they're out. And it seemed like GameStop was one people kept going back to. And arguably, there's people who have stock options that are still at the company. They have stock options that aren't worth anything because there's essentially an outside manipulation of their stock keeping the price low. You know, in in mm. the the way they're um, interacting with it. So um, <laughs> now the we get to the subreddit wall street bets where they're basically um, a very eclectic bunch of people that love to just throw up random. Hey, you should buy this. I should buy this. Hey, I'm crazy. I'm going all in on this. And, and then sprinkled in with some actual investing information occasionally here and there, I guess it's like any subreddit. There's good and the bad. And so they, they came across the knowledge that, you know, someone who, had the time dug into it and saw, and not that it's really hard to find this sort of information, but they found out how much stock had been part of this uh, shorted. And basically the the way I understand it is that they were over a hundred percent of available stock was how much had been short sold. So that means that if they needed to buy back, if they needed to buy stock, they couldn't get that much on the open market they had to buy it from someone else because they show, they, they, they short sold more than what was available in the market. Okay. And so that's really weird and it's not really a good thing to do. It's not really smart, but 
it's a risk and in a stock that you're pretty sure is going to keep going down like GameStop was, you know, um, it's, it's not a terrible, not, not a terrible idea, but because it kept happening so much, the, the internet, uh, the collective internet, this subreddit basically started going after them and started saying, you know what, let's turn this stock into a successful stock. Let's burn these short sellers because remember what we said earlier about short selling. So say that they borrowed stocks at 10 bucks a piece and they sold them off instantly, but then the stock goes up to 20. They have to buy back all the stock that they owe that they borrowed for free, but now they have to pay $20 a share instead of the 10 that they sold it for. So they're losing $10 a share in this example. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's really weird because it's, there's a huge uh, opportunity for loss. There is an infinite amount of loss in short selling because you lose as much as you have to lose to get the stocks back that you have to give back that you were essentially mm-hmm. loaned for free. And so they started pushing up the price and, and burning these short sellers. And so they've been slowly, it's been slowly going up, slowly going up. And then it's like the perfect storm, right? It's like a snowball where all of a sudden it gets high enough where then it's, it's here's the best example I can give. If you ever play the Powerball or you see how the Powerball works, as the Powerball jackpot gets higher, the speed at which its jackpot goes up accelerates because as people see it's high, people start buying into it. When, right. when, when, the, when Mega Millions hits like 500, uh, like 500 million, it gets to like 800 million instantly because so many people want in on that 500 million and the bigger it gets, the more people buy in. So that started happening and people started seeing this and more people get kept saying, well, I'm, I'm going to buy into GameStop now. And obviously if, if, if you don't know the basis of the stock market, the more people buying means the price goes up. That's just the simple fact of the stock market. Obviously it's a very simplified version, but it is how it works. Um, and so, yeah. <laughs> so now imagine that, you've got a bunch of people just slowly trickling in and slowly buying up to get their piece of the pie at when it's 20 bucks. Then it goes up to 30. So people start buying it at 30. Then it goes up to 40. People start buying it at 40. Eventually you get to a point where what's referred to as whales come in. And the whales are the guys who are like that person you mentioned earlier, who's going to dump a ton of money. And then Mm. these people who have a bunch of money and have really don't care if they blow it or not and then they jump in and so then all of a sudden you have this huge like meteoric rise in the stock price now to be fair i think all this is a huge bubble that's going to burst and a ton of people who bought high are going to get burned on this if they don't sell when it's higher you can buy high and sell higher but when you buy high there's a big chance that you're going to get burned and so it just kept going up and then earlier today uh, i forget his name but uh, it was, I, I forget his name, but he basically, he's known for investing in stocks that he think will go up in value. And he threw his, his hat into the ring and said, I'm buying GameStop. And then, okay. and then Elon Musk tweeted out GameStop, here, let's go, you know, and basically he, you know, so he tweeted that out. And so then that got a whole bunch of other people just to say, holy crap, <laughs> this is a big deal. And so it's this huge snowball effect just kept going and going. And so here we are. GameStop stock is closed at 148 and in the after hours trading it's at 209.26 which is just mental. Um it's just insane what watching this go and how much it went. Like look how fast it went today. It closed yesterday at 76. So it okay. it, it doubled 
between yesterday and today, and it didn't go from you know it didn't go from thirty eight to seventy six overnight. You know that took a month, and so it's you're watching this meteoric rise of this stock, and so it's just insanity watching this because it's it's such a it's such a weird thing and the wall wall street and and the stock market in general like there's very safe bets you can do ultimately your 401k is investments you know i mean like there's there's very safe long-term investments like that and then there's people who play this game and there's people who do day trading who literally watch the stocks go up by the minute and they're buying and selling throughout the day and then whatever they invest in the morning they sell it by the end of the day and they're out and it's 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 a wild ride and so none of this has anything to do with GameStop they did nothing wrong they're not in trouble they're not really in a good position either because i mean the only thing they're good about is their shareholders would be happy mm-hmm. but their shareholders are smart enough to probably know that this is a temporary thing and and uh, yeah. so so who knows but that so that's that's the gist of the story that's what's happening with GameStop and the stock and why it's just shooting up. It's not like GameStop said, hey, you know, we made a billion dollars this year. We're back, baby. And that their <laughs> stock price went up. It's not that. Um, but it's also not that they're doing anything bad or poor. It's just, it, you know, and that's the other side of it. So arguably GameStop has a bad reputation online. And this Wall Street Bets subreddit, they're kind of, like they're kind of memeing it, you know? And so they thought, well, if we're going to burn you know, some short sellers, let's burn them on GameStop stock. You know, it's almost like a joke. And so the meme generation has kind of entered the stock market and I don't know, to hilarious results, I guess. Yeah. Here's what makes me a little nervous. I've seen pictures of people when it was at $120 a share throwing in $10,000 for the stock or buying $10,000 in and being like, let's let's ride this all the way. And, And there's people in the subreddit that want to take this to a thousand that's their goal is thousand or bust <laughs> that's not gonna happen it's not gonna is happen. there any company with a thousand dollar stock oh oh yeah yeah um oh yeah there's there's uh netflix is like what is netflix netflix is like 3k or something i forget for one share yeah yeah i mean gamestop did like a lot of stock splits back in the day when i was there like i remember their stock was up to like 40 or 50 for a while and they just stock split which is they cut the price in half but then they give you twice as many shares and so it's mm-hmm. kind of a way to you know to keep the price kind of normal um let me let me see i just had it up here unless i delete it. i would think I, I would think apple would be one of the highest since they're i think they're a trillion dollar company now technically um well you know that's the thing though is it's not always what your company's worth like you know it has to do with how many shares are out there um, you know, okay. and stuff like that. So the price doesn't always dictate exactly how much, like, like a real, a company worth a ton of money isn't always going to have a super high stock price. That's not really how it works. But, um, but yeah, unfortunately I, I must have deleted it from my quicks. Let me take a look here actually. Um, so if, yeah, go ahead. If yeah. there's a mass sell off of GameStop stock after this kind of like the fuckery stops and everything kind of evens out. If there's a massive sell-off of GameStop stock, is that going to negatively affect the company? Like, could they be in trouble from this kind of evening out and going back to normal? Not really, because it it has nothing to do with them. So it going back down really has nothing to do with them either. Um, they might be able to secure funding if they had a higher stock price, but even that's not really true. Um, if there was a potential buyout coming, 
like say someone wanted to do a hostile takeover, that'd be more difficult with a higher stock price. Um, okay. But, but for, nobody wants to buy GameStop. Well, uh. <laughs> whoever wants to buy GameStop will just make a deal and buy them outright. You know, like I still say Amazon yeah. should buy out GameStop, but um, I, I personally um, think a freaking uh, like somebody like Microsoft should buy GameStop and just use them as as uh, advertising for their products. Yeah, as Microsoft stores. Um, but yeah. when, and here's something to think about. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember the exact numbers, but when GameStop bought EB Games way back in the day. EB Games stock was at least somewhere around close to somewhere around twice as much as GameStop stock was. So hmm. having a high stock price doesn't mean your company's good. It can. It can mean your company's popular. It can mean you're doing the right things. But it doesn't always mean that. Uh, and so what, so basically EB Games was hemorrhaging money. They had a great stock price, but they weren't a successful company. And so it, it can work both ways that way, too. You can be a really successful company. Like GameStop, for a very long time, was putting money in the bank hand over fist, and their stock price never moved because everyone kept looking to the future and saying, well, the games are going to be, you know, the game market's going to die. We know it's coming. And they've been saying they have been saying that for 14, 15 years, and, and it so, never really happened. So is Michael Pachter, uh, is his head exploding uh, from all of this crap? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen anything from him actually today, to be totally honest with you. Well, and like all of this, all of this kind of Wall Street bets uh, subreddit stuff, pretty much seems like it's because they hate this one hedge fund company, isn't it? Like the, I mean, it it kind of I mean, seems like they don't like that that company, and they kind of want to bone them. Well, there's kind of, and I'm not sure if it's even one company or if it's multiples, but it it's ultimately it's 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 look it's viewed as us versus them. It's viewed as these are the the fat cats with all the money, and we're the average Joe, we're the little guy. We're gonna take some of that money back that we've been you know that's been ripping us that we've been getting ripped off of over the years, ripped off by Wall Street, and you know that that's kind of the mentality is this you know, um, the the Goliath story. Like they're going to take down the, the giant. And okay. um, I don't know. I mean, it, it seems kind of like overdramatic when you think of it that way, but that is the attitude that a lot of these people have. And it's interesting to watch the other side of it and to go on to like CNBC and watch like, and read stories on like Yahoo finance. And you read some of these stories about how, you know, first of all, they're belittling the subreddit. You know, they're really talking about how these are just internet trolls. And stuff like that. And then, you know, and so they're trying to argue that these people are manipulating the market in a negative way when ultimately what they're doing is a response to a market that was manipulated previously, but it's all legal. You know, is I mean, that, you know, as far as far as I can tell, there hasn't been any like collusion or anything. I mean, but if you go to a forum and everyone says, hey, let's all buy the stock. I mean, that's not against the rules. You know, you can. Yeah. Do that. Well, and that video that you mentioned uh, or that you sent me uh, that kind of had that explainer he was talking about how like a lot of the hedge fund guys that that probably did this short selling are showing up on things like CNBC and right. like the finance right. stuff and they're really demonizing the people on the subreddit acting like they're doing something wrong and like those guys it, it seems like those guys are trying to get the the stock market or whoever controls the stock market to take action to like like dial back some of the craziness that's happening because it's negatively affecting them in that they were trying to make money off of shorting the stock. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah there's a so they're of... villainizing the, the subredditors because they can get in front of a camera. 
Whereas obviously the people on the subreddit right. <laughs> can't can't jump onto MSNBC and like do an interview with with Jim Cramer or anybody to defend themselves or say what's actually going on. Yeah, and it's 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 really interesting battle going on because you know the the short sellers are are thinking if we can hold on, the stock will eventually drop. And it will because it's it's a waterfall effect in the other way too. If if the price opens lower than expected tomorrow, everyone who's in at 100 and it, if it opens at 110 tomorrow and anyone who bought at 100, you know they're selling. And so they're going to try to sell to get out before they lose. And then as everyone starts to sell and the price goes down, it's it's just it's like it's like with anything really when something starts selling, the price goes up when everyone starts selling personal shares, it starts going down. Uh, excuse me, when, when it's, people are buying, it goes up. When people are selling, it goes down. And it, so in this instance, it's like it. all it takes is like a little push and gravity will take it the rest of the way down and normalize it. To be fair, they're going to normalize it. This isn't where the stock is supposed to be, you know, according right, to the yeah. value of the company and everything like that. But it's, it's, an, it's a wild ride. And this is very uncommon. This does not happen hardly ever. Um, but what's interesting is they're already looking at other companies that are also have, have that like hundred percent short sell and they're already figuring out like which ones they want to boost next. <laughs> like there's like the subreddit, they're already like, Hey, here's the next stock we should do this to. And then bone those short sellers. And Jeez. the article I found, I can't say how accurate this is, but this was earlier this afternoon. Actually, this was just a, c- a couple hours ago. GameStop short sellers have lost a combined $5 billion this year as Reddit's oh, day trader oh, oh. army squeezed their bearish bets. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a lot of money. And, and I guess now look, I'm not going to say don't, I'm not saying shed a tear for rich wall street, you know, hedge fund managers. I'm specifically saying, ha ha ha, don't shed a tear for that. <laughs> right. But I mean, now $5 million, those people have families probably too. And like, like I don't, I'm not trying to, Oh God, it's going to like, people are going to hear that and be like, Oh my God, this guy's standing up for him. I swear I'm not. It's just like, I don't, I'd like it to be more even and more fair for anybody who wants to get into it. But also I feel like, man, that's someone's whole company and and life. And who knows how many employees maybe worked there. And like, it's gone, you know, but But, they they were, those people are making bets on another company's livelihood failing. Yeah, you're right. You so, know what? You're right. I'm not going to feel bad about guys. that. <laughs> I'm not going to feel bad about that anymore. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just a wild story, you know, and, and when I looked at it before, you know, you saw the price and you're like, well, it's crazy. And I mean, because I saw some people on Twitter that I know and they because someone did a video about this like last Friday on YouTube. And, and so it got a few other YouTubers to buy some. And I and someone bought in, I think, at like seventy bucks. He's like, Oh, I bought I bought some in at seventy and I was like, Oh man, I f- you're gonna lose your ass, dude. And so in my head, I was like, <laughs> You're gonna lose your ass because this is gonna hit a ceiling and the people mm-hmm. who who adopt late are gonna be left holding it. And and now of course, now you see it at 140. I hope he's selling right now. Like I, I'm sorry, I can't get on the train of like hold to a thousand. It's never gonna happen. But no. but it could go up higher. And actually I was talking to my wife about this when I was telling her the story and you know, she's like her, her brother bought into Bitcoin really early on and he sold his Bitcoin kind of early on. So he made a nice little, little nugget of money off it and he was happy, but you see where it is now. He would literally be a millionaire today. Yeah. It's like $43,000 or some crap. Yeah. So, you know, so she looks at it and she goes, I couldn't do that. I'd be thinking about what could have been all the time. And I thought, 
you're right. That's a mindset you have to get into. Like, like I said, it's, it's like me at the casino. You have to know when to, when to, to go home. If you're up, you have to know when to go home or you can keep betting. And sure, it gets riskier that you might lose it all, but you might win more too. And whatever you do, whatever you decide, you have to live with those consequences. And, mm-hmm. and like I said that with the GameStop stock, you know, I, I had to sell mine because my stock options were not like after being, after leaving the company, I only had like 90 days to exercise my stock options or something like that. So I had to sell them. Um, but I did, I did sell them and I got my money, but I don't look at it now and go, man, if I had those, cause I, let you want to do some number crunching here real quick. Let me, let me get my calculator out here. So I had, <laughs> you ready for this, John? <laughs> I had uh, I had six hundred shares, okay. At um, at thirty bucks, uh, at fifteen dollars a share. So what that means is, when you exercise your stock options, that fifteen dollars per share, I don't get to count that. So it'd be whatever the difference is now. So let's take the one forty eight, and we subtract the fifteen. So one, th- I would get one hundred and thirty three dollars per share, right? And what I say, I had okay. six hundred. So that's about eighty thousand dollars worth of stock I have. Oh, shit. <laughs> so <laughs> now, now here's the truth though: I would never have ridden that stock out this long. No, never in a million years. When that stock, when it, when I, when I had it up to like thirty and I sold it, if I would, had been able to keep it, which I wouldn't have been able to, if I had been able to keep it, um, I would have watched it tank from thirty to twenty to fifteen to ten to five to three. And I, I would have sold it at like, I mean, I got it at 15. So when I saw it go down to 20, I probably would have sold it and been like, I'll just take my money and, and bounce. I never would have hung around for nine years, you know? So I don't have any regrets. Uh, actually 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. I would have, I have no regrets, but you look at those numbers and it's kind of like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but anyway, do you, do you have any other questions otherwise, uh, or any other uh, things you want to add? Cause that is a, that's the wild GameStop story of the day. The, the only thing I find interesting, and this is, this is probably somebody will probably be like this idiot or these people don't know this. Um, so the people that, that the short sellers are borrowing the stock from. Sure. They're initially. The, yeah. You'd refer to them as a broker. So like, so if they're holding on like it's their shares of the stock. Why would they want somebody to short their stock? Because wouldn't their investment be reduced by the stock going down? So yeah, they get their 10 shares of the stock back, but it's worth potentially substantially less than, than what it was before the short. Sure. I, I Now, I don't know for sure. That's a great question. I, I believe it's because they don't make money buying and selling the stock they make money off the interest or off whatever they agree to when they loan the stock out so mm-hmm. they just have all this stock and they just loan it out to people that want to short sell it. so they probably would want it back when it's lower because someone else is probably going to want to short sell it again if it's a stock that is continuously low but that would be my guess yeah. i mean I, I actually don't know the answer to that that's a great question though yeah finances are weird man it's it's so weird it's so weird and so this is something that Again, if I said anything wrong or I was way off on something, please, if you watch this and you've already thumbs down the video, that's cool. But please also tell me what I was wrong about and I will make it right out. I always want to learn. I'm always trying to figure out this stuff too. So, you know, thank you and, uh, you know, appreciate you watching and, 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 you know, fill us in if we're wrong on something. Yeah. If, uh, if somebody wants, if somebody has a better explainer of this sort of thing that wants to drop it in the comments, that'd be interesting to watch. Most definitely. Um, Do you have any predictions on where the, 
where this story might be next week on Tuesday. Do you think, uh, where do you think the stock will be at? Ooh, ooh. Uh, if I were a betting man, next Tuesday, I'm going to say $36 next Tuesday. Okay. I was thinking, I was thinking probably around like 40, 45 but, bucks. But, but here's the thing all it takes is another investor tomorrow to say, this is crazy. Let's buy it. Let's go all in. <laughs> and it's going to go up to 300. I mean, it's that close to like, like all it needs is, is it's, it's, it's weird because it's an art. It's the most artificial of artificial bubbles and it's just mm-hmm. generated by hype and excitement. But you know, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> God, I don't know, but it, next thir- I'm going to say next Tuesday, I'm saying 36 bucks. I'm saying it's sub okay. 50 for sure. All right. I'm going to say 45. We'll have to, We'll have to hit up the uh, the stock market uh, or check the stock yeah, next I'll, week I'll, when we do the podcast. I'll, we'll do that. We'll do a recap on that for sure. All right. <laughs> um, all right. So enough about GameStop. Let's get to the next story of the day, which is um, th- this was a roller coaster of emotion. <laughs> so <laughs> last week, uh, I believe it was I believe it was Friday. I think it was Friday during the day. Microsoft made an announcement that they're raising the price of Xbox Live. Like, makes no sense, right? Because would only buy like a dollar. <laughs> well, no, not, sort of, not not I'm really, not, like kind of. I'm being facetious. Yeah. So, so this this whole thing's a mess, right? So let's like, so they they basically said they were going to double the price of Xbox Live if you buy it a year at a time. Like, well, but they didn't even list the year, like. So the, right. the terms, the, the old Xbox Live purchasing scheme used to be one month is $9.99, three months is $24.99, and one year is $59.99. Correct. And when they announced the, the, re, uh, the change in pricing, they only talked about one month was going up to uh, $10.99, I believe. Uh, three months was going up by $5 to $29.99. And six months was going to fifty nine ninety nine, so they basically took away the one year tier completely. Yes, so you you were not going to be able to buy it a year at a time, which I would assume a lot of people buy it one year at a time. I previously only ever bought it one year at a time because that's where you saved the most amount of money. Yeah. So, well, and here's what's so weird about this. So here here was their announcement. It said, what does this mean for you? It says, if you're an existing online 12-month or 6-month live gold member, there's no price change. If you choose to renew your membership, it will renew at your current price. So first of all, if you're already subscribed, they're saying you're getting a better deal. It's not going to raise the price. So that's already weird. Then they said, the price of 1-month gold membership is increasing $1 to the price, or sorry, $1, and the price of a 3-month membership is increasing $5. And then it says, if you'd like to upgrade your gold membership to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, your remaining gold time will also convert directly to Ultimate up to three years, which we've already knew because we both did it. <laughs> I bought I bought two years of Xbox Live Gold and upgraded. I bought three. I, bought three. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to work, so I didn't buy three, and then it worked. I was like, damn it, I only bought two. <laughs> um, but, here, but here's what's weird. So at first I thought they would only do this if it's their way of trying to get everyone to buy game pass ultimate, you know, like, like, like this was their way of saying, we're going to combine ultimate and live together for the same price. And so we're just adjusting live for now. 
And instantly I got a reply from our friend Brian and Brian said, no, they literally sent out cards to all the stores. So they sent out six month cards for 60 bucks. Like they sent out the marketing and promo already to stores. <laughs> like it was, it was ready to launch <laughs> after that announcement. So, so there's that. Um, and then, so why would you make it so that new people signing up, the only thing I could think of is if they were trying to prevent people from doing what we did, which was get rid of the year cards. So you can't buy the three years and then convert to game pass. It's just, it, it just was such a weird, like, I don't, I don't know what they were thinking with this because oftentimes, like I, I ask this question every time I see like a stupid corporate decision is this had to go through so many layers of approval. How did not one person look at this and go, man, I think this is a bad idea. Have you ever seen the backlash when Netflix raises the price of their monthly subscription by $1? It's like the whole internet breaks down and everyone says they're going to cancel Netflix over $1. Which they literally just did this week. They literally (laughs) just did again, which I guess we're getting used to now. But it's so strange. It's so strange that like out of, and this was out of nowhere, just all of a sudden on a Friday, they're like, Boom, here, we're making all these changes. The price is going up. When you're trying to be competitive, and arguably Sony's network has become more competitive during the PS4 era than it was during the PS3 era, Sony's pulling market share from you that you that you clawed and scraped your way to on the 360 to take market share from them. Who? How, how does this change help you get more market share? It just, like, none of this makes any sense to me. And apparently, well, and- oh, sorry, go ahead. You'd think that they would have run this decision by some sort of, uh, like, market research, like, like focus testing. Something. Like, Something. like anything. Because if, if you were to ask me, like, hey, uh, we're going to double Netflix's price. So you're paying $13.99 for Netflix right now. Uh, we're going to charge you... Thirty dollars for Netflix. Fuck you. Buy Netflix. Uh, yeah, like, it's gone. That would yeah. be my reaction. Yeah. I'd be like I don't like you that much for you to be able to double the price. Yep, agreed. So it's agreed. it's crazy to me that that they thought that like, hey, we're gonna do this and nobody's gonna give a shit. Well, and you you always and you also had Microsoft was in the unique situation of also catering to PC players. And PC players who don't have to pay for things like Xbox Live Gold, they can just play online in an open system. So, like, you're already competing kind of with yourself a little bit, and then you decide to raise the price even more? It's just mind-boggling to me. And apparently... Were they even... Were they announcing new perks for this added extra price, or was it just, we're making it more expensive? If they were, they didn't get that far. Because, right, because just like we were flabbergasted, so was the entire internet. And Microsoft later that day, I think it was the same day, they backtracked. And here, here's the response from Microsoft. This is right on their website. We messed up today, and you were right to let us know. Connecting with players and fr- connecting and playing with friends is a vital part of gaming, and we failed to meet the expectations of players who count on it every day. As a result, we've decided not to change Xbox Live Gold pricing. We're also turning this moment into an opportunity to bring Xbox Live more in line with how we see the player at the center of the experience. For free-to-play games, you will no longer need an Xbox Live Gold membership to play those games on Xbox. We are working hard to deliver this change as soon as possible in the coming months. So, and, and that's the other thing. So they, they backtrack on it, and then they just drop this, oh, and by the way, 
that one thing that was really obnoxious where you still had to have a paid service to play free to play games online. We're dropping that too. Well, I know exactly why they dropped that. So, uh, somebody made an infographic about, uh, Fortnite, and the infographic said like, um, it had like switch PC, PS4, PS3, like cost to play, uh, Fortnite for one year. Zero, zero dollars, zero dollars, zero dollars, zero dollars. Xbox or Microsoft Xbox, $120 a year. And so people were circulating that after this big change. And so I I feel like that got enough traction on Twitter that, that somebody finally realized like, Oh shit. uh, This is, this is not going well. Not only do we need to backtrack, but maybe we should also like do something good. I mean, anytime you raise the price, it's bad and it, it it didn't even like it doesn't even come out and say hey because of the cost of servers which wouldn't be accurate because microsoft owns all their own servers like any any excuse they could have said hey because of all this increased cost we want to make a better experience for you we're doing this or like i said if you had said hey we're not gonna sell xbox live gold separately anymore we're just selling it's called let's see what would they call it to make me really mad they'd call it like the xbox one sx subscription service or something and it just includes everything it's got gold game pass pc game everything which they have it's like the ultimate or whatever but i mean like if they just changed it to that and said the price isn't going up you're getting a ton of value at least that makes sense but why would you just take your base price of something and then just jack it up Uh, it's 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 crazy to me and obviously they they realized that and they went back on it which is great, and I'm glad they did, and I'm glad that they're going to, so that free-to-play games no longer need Xbox Live Gold. Like, I'm, I'm very happy about that. But again, I always ask this question, how did this get through every layer of approval? And, like, there was a there was a, a group of people in a room talking about this, and every one of them thought it was a good idea. <laughs> or, or something like this doesn't get past that stage, I think, you know? I think that the the echo chamber in which they probably exist in is that everybody in Microsoft is making obviously a lot more money than the average person. Probably Um, fair to say. And so like to them, an extra 60 bucks a year is nothing. Like it's not a big deal. And so they're like, yeah, whatever. Like that's, I make 60 bucks an hour. That's, that's an hour worth of work. Uh, right. to, to said Microsoft employee in Ramond, Washington. And so I think that's how that, that sort of decision gets made. They're like, ah, whatever, it's it's a minor change uh, and it'll it'll boost our profits and whatnot. But they don't take and they don't put themselves in the shoes of somebody that's not living in one of the richest frickin' areas in the country and making a ton of money. They don't put themselves into like, green bay wisconsin this is the same problem uh back when the original the xbox one came out and on twitter somebody from janesville wisconsin asked the um asked one of the marketing guys for microsoft well what if i don't have access to good internet and his response was well i live i live just south of janesville wisconsin i don't have access to high speed internet um what why or i won't be able to play your console what should i do and he's like, well, why the hell would you want to live there? <laughs> and it's like, that's that's tone deaf. <laughs> like, like you again, Microsoft is probably in one of the most 
uh, internet connected states in the entire country as well. And that guy was unable to put himself in the shoes of somebody living in a more rural area that may not have access to broadband internet. And so I think there's just a, like a tone deafness mm. to people in, in big tech companies like that. They, sure. they, they, they're to a certain point in, in how much money they make and, and the, the amenities that are available around them that they can't, put themselves into the shoes of an average consumer yeah they're, they're i get what you're saying like you're saying they're just out of touch and they just don't yes. they just don't connect anymore and i mean i guess that's possible but still uh, yeah it's it's. i guess when something like this happens i always i just ask that same question like how does it get through and uh yeah so actually they released the press release at 6 a.m and then the the update was at eight p.m., <laughs> so it wasn't okay. even a full day. It was fourteen hours later, and they went back on it. Just yeah, I, I've seen tweets from uh, um, Aaron Greenberg and uh, um, the main guy Phil Spencer and stuff uh, about the backpedaling, and it's just like, dude, like, how did you make this mistake? Yeah, like, yeah. did you hire Don Matrick again for a bit? <laughs> <laughs> like, he, did dude, he get his foot in the door for like 24 hours and put out a memo he, he never left he's been sleeping in one of the broom closets and then he snuck <laughs> out and got on the computer and changed the price of xbox live I, that's my story i'm sticking to it oh you know what they were going to add to uh to xbox live to offset the cost tv mm. <laughs> and sports 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 yes tv tv <laughs> tv <laughs> Oh man! Anything else you wanted to add on that, John? Uh, nope. <laughs> I, I just can't believe it. I, it's, I mean, but they went back on it, so you know, bully for them, I suppose. Yes. Um. Cool. Uh, well, hey, that's all the stories we had for today. So that's great. Um, we have each. I'm. I talked to you pre-podcast, John. So I'm pretty sure you have a game of the week picked out. We have our pickup piles of the week. So, John, what is your game of the week? Let's start there. Uh, my game of the week is uh. Roman Rumble in Las Vegas, uh, which is the—it's the title, but it's—it's it's the Asterix and Obelisk XXL two. Um, so Asterix and Obelisk is very similar to like a Ratchet and Clank game, or like the kind of like PS two era uh, character platformers. Uh, and the reason I really like this game is that. Every single level is just stuffed with video game references. Um, and, like, to a point where I was like, I can't believe that they're getting away with this. Um, <laughs> it's it's a game that's... Uh, Asterix and Obelisk are characters set in, like, Roman times. And so, like, in the first level, I'm, I'm walking through a corridor, and then I turn a corner, and there's a chariot in the game that looks exactly like what um sly cooper's van would look like hmm. if it was a chariot from roman times and i was like like complete with sly cooper's logo on it and i'm playing it on the xbox <laughs> and i was like that's like like sony has to own the trademark for that logo um so then i go later <laughs> in the game and there's a there's a wall that i need to blow up and the wall is a wall made of colored tetris pieces and like complete like all the triominoes are there like it it is very much 100 percent tetris and how do i blow up the the wall 
Well, I press a button, and you summon a bomb, and the bomb is Bomberman's head. And you push <laughs> Bomberman's head over to the Tetris wall, and it explodes. And uh, this game is not published by uh, the Tetris company, or Sony, or Hudson, uh, slash Konami. Uh, it's a game published by Microids. Uh, so I don't know how the hell they're getting away with all of these references, but they're great, and the game's also pretty damn fun. So yeah, uh, Asterix and Obelisk XXL2, uh, with a very dumb subtitle, <laughs> is my game of the week. It's it's really fun. Um, and it is available on Switch, Xbox One, PS4. Um, it's a pretty good time, so worth checking out. And you can get it for cheap, too. I think Dave picked that up on PS4. Like he had, yeah. I think he was telling me about it. Cause I remember looking at the name and I was like, this is just a bunch of words and letters that don't make sense to me. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I have a different Asterix and Obelisk game on Xbox 360. And it's actually one of the more rare Xbox 360 games because it's a ESRB rated American, a North American release that was only released in Canada for some reason. And again, same same style of gameplay, and it's pretty fun. But you could only get it out of Canada. Oh, sure, sure. Hmm. Uh, so, what is this? What is your game of the week for this week? So, I went. I got a little weird with it, and I, I went to my Game Boy Color games, and I picked out a game. It's actually a two pack. It's it's the collection of Deja Vu one and two. Um, if you ever played the NES game Deja Vu, it's a point and click adventure game. It's part of the okay. trilogy. That includes Shadowgate, Deja Vu, and Uninvited. And okay. they're, they're super fun games. And Deja Vu 2, I think, only came to the United States on, like, the Commodore 64 or something. We, we never got it here. And then on the Game Boy, of all things, they put the first game and the second one together uh, in a two-pack. And so I have Weird. that complete in the box. Yeah, it's very strange, very odd, but it was cool. And obviously, Deja Vu is a great game. So then, of course, I've never played the sequel and uh, there's two of them on one. It kind of reminds me of on the Sega CD because in the U.S. here we have a game called um, it's Out of This World, and yeah. in Europe it was Another World. And on the Sega CD, and they they made a sequel to that game, and we never got that sequel here. I think maybe on PC or like Amiga they had it. Um, but then on Sega CD of all things, they made a game called Heart of the Alien, and it's Another World one and two in a two-pack on Sega CD. Really cool stuff. Yeah, really cool stuff. Uh, But that's my game of the week. And if you've never played Deja Vu, like I said, it's a point-and-click adventure game, but you play as like a 1930s private eye. And so you wake up in a bathroom stall and you don't know who you are. And so the first thing you do is like you grab your jacket, you know, you check all your pockets and everything. Like it's just, it's a a point-and-click adventure game, you know, similar to... um, well, I guess like missed it because it's first person, but you have like all the buttons on the bottom that say like grab, punch, pull, push, and then you interact on the screen. So like you might see your coat, so you'll say like grab, and then you click on your coat and it'll take the coat and put it in your inventory. And then you can open your coat and then get all the inventory out of what's in there too. It just I don't know hard hard to describe. Point uh, point and click adventure is probably the best way to say it, but it's super fun. Uh, on the NES, um, Deja Vu and Shadowgate are two of my favorite. NES games and so like when I heard there was a sequel and it was together with the first one on Game Boy Color I'm like yeah I I gotta buy that and I bought this years ago too when it was affordable I have no idea what it's worth nowadays but 
Probably more than I paid for it. <laughs> now I just want to know what the that case looks like. Um. Yeah, I don't think I could share with you, sadly. The picture. I mean, I can send yeah, you a picture I'll here. To, I'll have yeah. to Google it later. I'll send you a picture here, handsome. Just, just hold on. The um, <laughs> you mentioning waking up in the bathroom stall that just reminds me of the opening of uh, Indigo Prophecy, where you uh, you're, you like are in that bathroom, and you accidentally you murder a guy, and then you like come out of it, and you have to figure out what the hell. Yeah. Happened. Let's see. All right. Hmm. Cool. So then, John, what is in your uh, pickup pile of the week? So uh, my normally very Xbox-heavy pickup pile is actually only Hitman 3. <laughs> um, wow. And then the rest of it is all limited-run games, because uh, I had three different limited-run shipments finally show up. Um, so I got Jack X Combat Racing hmm. and Spelunky. Which, uh, both of these I got from, uh, they did the, I think it was the New Year's sale, uh, where they, they had a, a bunch of stuff left over that they, they had extra copies of that they sold, so I managed oh, yeah. to sneak yep. in and get a couple games that I had missed over the, the last year or two. Oh, all my cards are in this one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, this for a ride. So, so I, I picked this one up basically based on your recommendation, uh, so I got a copy of Blasphemous for PS4. Ooh, ooh. Ooh, you got that from Which Limited Run? Yeah. Oh, that's that's interesting, man, because that's actually worth a lot more than it's selling for now. That's that's a hard one to find. Huh. Um, Good get. You know what's funny is I find this game kind of gross. It's like the opening cinematic where that guy, like, dumps that that uh, helmet of blood all over him is mm-hmm. like, what the hell is this? It's yeah. very bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, that that game is uh, steeping. It's steeped with uh, like Spanish Catholic mythology, and it it okay. is awesome. Yeah, it goes deep. I'm not good at it, but I haven't played it too much. Um, I got I got uh, Gris or Grease, I believe is how you pronounce it, oh, um, which I've yep. wanted this game for a while, um, and I was sad that I missed out on it. Uh, and then the last game I got. Um, which I, I was tempted to make the the Wii version of this my game of the week just to be a jackass. <laughs> uh, Metal Slug Anthology. Oh, uh, for sure. PS4. Um, and j- just the the base game. I I pretty much stopped buying a lot of collector's editions, especially from Limited Run, um, just because they make too damn many of them. I'd rather have the game. I'd rather have two games than than one collector's edition of a game. Hmm. Uh, except for uh, Scott Pilgrim, which I will definitely get that collector's edition. Hmm. What's What's funny is, uh, like, I'm not interested in the collectors of that at all. <laughs> like, I just got the base game, and I'm happy with that. Uh, I I like the. It's not the box, for the most part that that has me interested. It's that it comes with a hardcover strategy guide. It comes with the soundtrack. It has the 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 case that it comes in with the lights and the the diorama and everything. Like it's all of the things that comprise it, not just that case. Um, it's it's really the guide that has me most interested because you just don't get guides anymore. Yeah, that is cool. Actually, I they, they went they went pretty all out 
with yes. that stuff. Although they also went a little nuts, I think, with the you can buy hoodies and pin sets and <laughs> like there's like a hundred things to buy on their website that's all Scott Pilgrim <laughs> merchandise. Yes, it's crazy. But they've they've already sold. They said like last week they said they sold twenty five thousand copies of that game, which is nuts. Yeah, and isn't that um, isn't that just like the Switch version? Yes. So. Like and and they're they're gonna make an Xbox One version. That's kind of what I'm holding out for. Um, I and I love the cover. My God, the the fact that they aped uh, Sonic um, <laughs> Sonic yeah. Adventure yeah. Uh, for the cover, and that it's and, and that it's double sided, and they 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 put um, what's the girl's name from that? Um. Oh gosh, uh, Ramona Flowers. Yeah, the fact that they have Ramona and that they have Scott like as like both in that same pose is just awesome because like even though it sucks now for a long time uh Sonic Adventure was like one of my favorite games because I was so obsessed with Sonic. Nice. All right, so what is in your pickup pile this week? All right, so I had a limited run haul as well. But first up, I actually, from PlayAsia, I got my Switch copy, my physical Final Fantasy IX that I had ordered. That's pretty cool because they had obviously re-released that digitally, but um, PlayAsia had an English copy on the Switch. Nate Nate Knetter is calling me. We'll have to call him back. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Next time we'll have to patch him in. Um, uh, And then from Limited Run, I got the Grandia HD Collection. Which I love the the second game. It's one of my favorite Dreamcast RPGs. One of my Same. favorite RPGs, and so I kind of want to go through it again. Now that it's on the Switch, I could see myself realistically playing that again. Um, and then I got a bunch of just the weird kind of PS4 ones. So I got Yaga, which is like a it looks like a like a two D isometric Souls like. Okay. Um, and then I got Darkwood, which I, I actually did a video for on the on the Drop Rate YouTube channel on PC years ago, and it finally came to consoles, and then it finally got its physical release. Um, that's the, the one with the super creepy ass cover, right? Yeah, the the game itself very mediocre, but that cover, man, that's like, man, that's great. Um, I got my copy of Star Wars Racer for PS4. I got Last Blade Two for PS4, one of the best Dreamcast fighters. Uh, and then I got both Blaster Master Zero and zero two, which okay. Int- Inti creates made these and their games are just fantastic. Um, they're just really, you know, like blaster master was a very similar, like Metroid type game and Inti creates re remade them just like the old ones. I mean, they're so cool. Um, I have a collect um, the collector's edition of that is uh, coming my way. It's, it's at some point in the next several years. It's, it's uh. pretty cool. <laughs> I, I did get two of those too, but I, I left them at the store. I, I only bought the, uh, the the loose di- or not the loose but the single cases i'm not really into the collector's editions anymore so much but i that one so like i have a history with blaster master back on the nes like that's one of the first games that i played the piss out of and like was just obsessed with so that's awesome i was i've been waiting for the the blaster master zero games to get a physical release so so when i saw the collectors and like the fact that it had like a ret- they both have retro nes cases and stuff I was like, I gotta buy that. Yeah, I, I, I was also very happy when they announced those physicals because I was like, man, these games are great, and I was just, I just want a physical, man. Uh, and yep. then lastly, I got a Genesis game in the box. Uh, I got Shadow Dancer: The Secret of Shinobi. So it's a Shinobi game for Genesis. I think it's Shinobi Two, is called Shadow Dancer, and then I think they just the third one they just called Shinobi Three. 
Uh, which which is the one that has Batman and Spider-Man in it uh, before they got in trouble? I don't remember. I, I know I've heard that story before, but I'm not sure which one is it. Let me let me take a look. I, let me take a look. I think it might be two. I love when Google knows what you're asking all the time. <laughs> um, it's the Revenge of Shinobi. So yeah, that'd be. I think that is the second one actually. So okay. Shadow Dancer. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the. I don't know the chronological order of these games. <laughs> but yep, uh, that's uh, Revenge of Shinobi. So yeah, and then technically there were two other games that I got, but I'm waiting to talk about them until next week because they both need to be resurfaced and they both and one of them needs a new case. So I'm going to take them to the store, okay. get them all cleaned up and nice, then I'll bring them home. Because I always like to have them in a pile, and then when I'm done with the podcast here, I add them all into my app, and then I put okay. them on the shelf. So I don't want to like put them here and then put them on my shelf or add them and then but then take them to the store and then I ah, just you know, like yeah, do things in order keep it keep everything nice and tight <laughs> um but that's it that's it for my pile and that's it for the podcast um you know i was gonna do a mini rant of the week this week um and maybe i'll do it here at the end because i have a few minutes to burn um but my rant of the week this week john is uh packers fans Okay, so I know this would be very boring for you because I know you're not much of a, you're not known for your footballing. But, I did uh, half watch the game while watching Peter Rabbit on my big oh, TV. Oh, nice. So that's why they lost because you were you were watching. Yes. Um. So, so here's what I'll say. My my rant of the week is against Packer fans who are really annoying and obnoxious. I love my football <laughs> team. I love watching the Packers play. I love. I'm I'm so glad that a lot of people are passionate about it. But my God. Like the stupidity that comes out from people, like the expectation of this Packers team is that they must win a Super Bowl or they're garbage. That that's like what people expect. If they don't win a Super Bowl, they're trash. It's like this team went back to back NFC Championship game, which is one game away from the Super Bowl. Now, is that is that the best? No, I want them to go to a Super Bowl as well. But I think it's fair to say that like not. You know how often teams get back to the Super Bowl? It's not very often. And the only exception to that rule is Tom Brady and the Patriots, who went a and million well, times. And Mahomes. Yeah, well, I mean, he well, he went back. But I just mean, like, yeah, that's so that's fair because the Chiefs are going back to back. But for the most yeah. part, you don't see the same teams doing that. Like, it's not the same as it used to be, like, where there's a dominant team. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that because the Patriots were a dominant team. But, like, you go back to the Bills and the Cowboys – doing a lot of Super Bowls back then, but you just don't see it even with great teams. It just, it's a, it's a very competitive league is my point. So yeah. well, like, like Roger, this was basically like Rogers like season of his career. Wasn't it essentially? He had, he had one of the best, if not the best season he's ever had. And the worst part too, is like everyone loves to tear him down. It's really frustrating because I don't know what the deal is with him and, and why everyone hates him so much. I don't know if it's because it's like, Remember how I always talked about Xbox fans were ex Sega fans, so they all just hated Sony because they're all the same people. I wonder if like mm-hmm. the people who hate Rodgers are just the Brett Favre fans, you know? And they were the people who thought that he replaced Favre and Favre's best. And I liked Brett Favre as a quarterback; thought he was great, pretty garbage human being, but for the most part, you know, like <laughs> like whatever. Um, but I, I I respected his play, and you know, I don't know. It just it's just frustrating to me to see like how annoyed people get when the team is successful. And things like, yes, Aaron Jones fumbled in a very bad time of that game. He was hurt. Like, he didn't play the rest of the game after that. Like, he hurt, he had a chest injury, 
and people are like calling for death threats, you know, and like tweeting death threats at what him and stuff. Hell? And I just now that's shitty no matter what you are, but like some Packer fans are, are just wild. And I really wish that we could check our expectations and still be okay with a season like we had. We went thirteen and three and were competitive to the last drive of an NFC championship game. I mean, I understand that it we want to go back to a Super Bowl. I want that too. <laughs> I very much yes. want to watch them in another Super Bowl. It'd be very fun. But come on, man. That's my rant of the week. Just, just these like fair weather fans who once Rogers, re- you know, he'll once he retires, then they'll leave or they'll leave once the Packers stop winning, you know, and they'll find a different team. Like, man, forget all that. I was watching them in the '80s when they were just hot trash. The like Lindy the, Infante years. The 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 the, the Anthony Dillwig years. I mean, these these teams were <laughs> trash. Uh, Forrest Greg. years. Man, it was rough. It was rough being a, you know, but I grew up a Packers fan when they were bad and it was still great to watch. And I'm glad that they're, uh, I'm glad they're my team, man. And, and here's the thing when Rogers retires, the Packers are due for a slump. I mean, they've been competitive almost every single year for 30 years. (laughs) I mean, it's, they're going to hit a point where they're just not good (laughs) for a couple seasons, you know, and I hope not. I hope it's not very long. But sorry, Packers fans, it's coming. So, you know, just be a normal fan. Just, like, root for them when they win. You can be disappointed if they don't win, but, you know, try not to call death threats to anybody. And, and don't yeah. – I don't know. You shouldn't be You shouldn't be giving death threats to anybody, like, short of, like, somebody like Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, well, <laughs> Especially yeah. for, for dumb crap like, <laughs> like video games and football and crap like that. I Nobody should – Nobody exactly. should be telling anybody to kill themselves. Yeah, um, I'm not have, a fan of I that do trend. have two funny things about uh, about football since you brought it up. Uh, so uh, when Tom Brady was uh, was playing in his first Super Bowl, um, Mahomes was in kindergarten. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> My Which God. Is great. <laughs> and then um, this is actually kind of cool. So a lot of big advertisers actually are passing on the Super Bowl. And so Budweiser is not going to be, they're giving up their, their commercial spots in the Super Bowl to advocate for the COVID vaccine adoption. So Hmm. instead of seeing a Budweiser commercial, we're going to see a commercial kind of like talking about the COVID vaccine and encouraging people and educating them to, to get the COVID vaccine, which is good because there's far too much crap about vaccines out there. And and it's important that people get vaccinated so that way we can go to football games and, but, hey, if, and live our lives. But if more people refuse them, can I get on, can I get moved up the list? Will that work? <laughs> like, can, can I, can I, can I get in there? That'd be nice. Yeah, we'll get ours. It'll be yeah, fine. It'll be fine. Um, but, and I do think, I, I think that there will be a, a time frame coming up pretty soon where where it'll just be like you want it, come get it. Like I don't. I think once once we get the infrastructure in place to to be able to administer the vaccines better, because like the last administration had no plan on how to do it. Um, so once we get something in place, I think I think yeah, you'll you'll be able to get your vaccine in a timely manner. Um, the one thing I heard about the vaccine that does sound crappy for a bit is uh, so 
on Kevin Smith's podcast that he does with his uh, co-host Mark Bernardin. Um, Mark got the COVID vaccine, and they're like, "Yeah, your arm's gonna hurt." And he's like, "All right, so just during the shot and after." And he's like, "They're like, no, it's gonna hurt for a couple days." And he said that his arm did hurt for two days, uh, more than he expected. But he said it it didn't hurt to where like he couldn't lift things. It just was like like a lingering pain that lasted for about two days, and then it went away. That's that's interesting. So. I have I have heard that before, and. I hear that Johnson Johnson's like a week away from their one dose yep. vaccine, which also doesn't need like super frigid temperatures either. So yeah, it's it's less effective. Uh, it's it's sixty percent effective, um, but it's the more people that have some sort of vaccination, the less likely that that mm-hmm. it'll get passed around. But they also did say that like. Even though you're vaccinated for the disease, you could still be a carrier for it. Correct. So you could, so you could still potentially pass it on to somebody else, even though you're vaccinated. Which is why it's important for both people in that equation to be vaccinated. So, it, herd immunity doesn't really work in the way that that some people were saying it, because like, it's not it you could still carry it and then give it to somebody that is unvaccinated who could then pass it on to other people. Mm. So people get vaccinated. Now here's the thing. You come to game talk radio for video games, but what do you learn today? You learn all about the stock market and you learn about vaccines. So you're welcome. And how old Patrick Mahomes was <laughs> during Tom Brady's first Super Bowl. Um, now remember you can follow me at Twitter. I'm at game trade. Greg John is at dryer combo. You can subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash drop rate. And Hey, follow on Twitch, twitch.tv slash the drop rate. Haven't been streaming much lately, but I'm going to get back into it. So just keep an eye out. And uh, of course, listen to this podcast, wherever podcasts are found, Ron Stitcher now, uh, we're, uh, and then we got iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever Google podcasts. I don't know. They, they shut that down yet. I forget wherever podcasts are sold, wherever podcasts are sold, <laughs> but thank you everybody as always for listening and watch. We really appreciate it. Say goodbye, John. Have a good one. We'll talk to you next week. See you later. Bye-bye.